Welcome back to Behind the Fiction. We've got a fantastic show for you today. We're going to be talking about the Great Insurrection series from David Beers and Michael Anderley, but not just the series. We're going to be talking about the graphic audio presentation of the series. Book one was recently released from Graphic Audio, and that is Warlord Born. We've got from Graphic Audio Terrence Aselford, who's here today, who is... Not only the director, he's also the narrator, and he's directing a cast of what seems like thousands in this presentation. So, Terrence, welcome, welcome to all of you to, to Behind the Fiction, but Terrence, specifically, welcome to you. Thank you very much. Uh, happy to be here. What is the actual size of the cast for this? Because I saw like 20-plus names in the credits. That's about right. Um, we've got, I think, about 22 or 23 people. Uh, that I'm working with uh, as as cast members, and some of them are playing more than one role. We try to, you know, for for something like this where the the we need to keep it very distinctive. We try to use individuals um, and keeping the characters uh, as well delineated as possible. But sometimes it's necessary to bring somebody in, especially if you've got one AI voice that's one or two lines and. You, you do go with another role, make it worth everybody's while to have the actor there. Um, those of us who are in-house and do this every day, uh, it's a little bit easier for us to, to do that. I mean, I can jump in and do one or two lines and we don't have to cast somebody. Uh, and I've been known to do that from time to time. I believe that you have been with Graphic Audio for quite some time. You said those of us who are in-house, I, I get the sense that there are a lot of the Graphic Audio team has been around for quite a while. Yes, there are, excuse me, there are three or four of us. Uh, we feel like they built the building around us. We were just standing there and, and they put the studio up around us. Um, but I am one of those. I started probably close to 20 years ago um, with them. Of course, there was no graphic audio at that point. It was a company called Potomac Talking Book Services. And they contracted to the Library of Congress to record books for the for visually impaired people. So... I and my wife answered an ad that said they were looking for, for voices. And uh, we both ended up working for them. I was in the book department and she was in the periodicals department. So she was recording articles from Time Magazine and doing uh, some corporate newsletters and uh, corporate reports. We've both done those. And I got to record books that I would never have picked up as just an ordinary reader looking for something to read. I've recorded a physics textbook. Um, the most fascinating book was also one of the toughest. It was a book about ants. And it was written by a couple of scientists, uh, Edward Wilson. I want to say he's at Harvard, but I may be wrong. He may be at Yale. I've forgotten. But he a great, great fella. And he had a, a German co-author, and they worked on this. And it was actually the second book they'd written. Uh, I've bore you with all the details, but they'd written one that was primarily geared toward other people who study insects and ants, but it was so beautifully done and so lavishly illustrated, both with photographs and meticulous drawings, that they decided to do a follow-up book for those of us who don't know anything about ants uh, to, to say how they got all this information and where they had to explore and what they had to do, and that was the book I recorded, but it still had page after page of genus and species names that I had never seen before and didn't know how to pronounce. But they were very kind about uh, having letting me fax them the list. And then they said, 
we'll call you back. You can record the call and we'll just read the names to you. And so every when I went in the booth, I had a little at the time a Walkman, you know, and I had it on tape and I would listen to what the pronunciations were for the two pages that were right in front of me. And then I would go do that and we'd turn the page and listen again. But it, it was great. Wonderful book called Journey to the Ants. It's an amazing training ground for uh, for doing what you're doing now with science fiction, where so many of the names are like, how would you exactly pronounce that? How many how many names did you send to David and Michael, um, words and names that that you needed help with? I don't think it was that many because a lot of a lot of uh, what David and Michael have done is, is they've called upon ancient Rome and mythology. And so those were names I was familiar with, um, the mythology especially. Um, but I don't think I had a whole lot. I think I think I asked very at the very beginning of, of two or three names that I was mm. unsure of. Uh, but, uh, and of course, David and Michael <laughs> provided the answers. Um, Let's clarify that, David. Michael's looking at you like, I could go this way, I could go that way. David, what do you think? We just shortened all of that to, hey, David, what do you think? I had to look a lot of them up. Terrence probably knew them. <laughs> knew the pronunciations better than I did. Well, names like Aurelius and that kind of thing, I, I, yeah. I knew on site. Um, but I know there were a couple. The, the family names, the Definita and, and Derispen and all that. Um, I think you, you said the first time we spoke, you said, I'm just going to pick normal, ordinary names from here on, because I guess you've gotten <laughs> questions from other people on how to pronounce those. Yeah, you get but, fancy uh, with it and then realize your mistake quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so the first, the first book has been out in graphic audio format for how long, a week or so? Maybe a little more than that, I think, but we've okay. we've already got you know we've already heard from some people who uh, are enjoying it greatly. So I'm very yeah. Happy I, I want to read one of the reviews because it is it's just so I mean, all the reviews that I've seen have been incredibly positive, but this one for is from a listener, uh, Rob Ballen, says I just finished Warlord Born. Wow is all I can say. That was beyond breathtaking. A great cliffhanger. Such great metaphors to wars present and past. I'll be posting my review on Graphic Audio tomorrow. I'm off to start book two uh, next, reading it. And then, of course, then he's getting ready for audio. But he just wants to say that he, he was saying this to the Cartharian world fan, fan base, the LMBPN fan base, to say that, you know, don't miss this. This is fantastic. And I, I, I have listened to about the first half of it, and I, I've got to agree. It's really a fantastic performance, and you and the team have done an amazing job. And w one of the questions that I have, and then I'll turn it over to David and, and Michael with, uh, with some other questions. But when you take on a project like this, what is it that you're looking at in terms of putting together the team and the sound effects and all the things that go into a graphic audio production? Well, uh, we start with just the overall content, I think, um, and see where some things can can be, I don't want to say pared down, because we're just take, basically taking out the he saids and the she saids to start with. Um, we have to alter some things as, as I go about in adapting. Um, if we need to know, and we do, who's in the room, uh, and it starts off with a quote, 
uh, from you know a line of dialogue from somebody, we we may say something like so and so you know was standing in the doorway, just so we know who it is, where they are before they speak. You know, it's it's like the establishing shot in a TV show or a movie. You see the exterior of the house, and then they go inside for whatever's going on in the house. So it helps to to pinpoint where things are. We have to look at all the environments, uh, whether it's a cavern, uh, a dreadnought ship, an escape pod, uh, and figure out what the environments are going to be and and how we are going to bring about the sounds that will put people's imaginations into a spot like that. So those are the those are the early things. Then we look at the characters. I'll speak only for myself. I, other other directors and adapters may do other things, but I look at then at the characters and decide who does this sound like. Not necessarily vocally, but attitude wise, who can give me the right attitude for this character, and and go from there. We have an ever growing roster of actors to call upon now. Uh, in fact, that is one of the things that that the pandemic has helped us with. It's been a it's been a blessing in disguise, because we have been able to reach out to people even internationally for for talent, and it's been great. I just finished doing doing a recording session from a gentleman in Zambia. Uh, I was able to to talk with him, and I'll tell you the Discord the Discord connection is better from Zambia than sometimes it is from <laughs> suburban Maryland. Uh, a very interesting uh, phenomenon there, but we're able to to call on a lot of people. So we've we've got this ever expanding database of actors that we can call on, and that's been a blessing. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm going to jump in real quick and ask the question: Do you believe this talent is going to stick around when the when everything kind of lifts? I think it's actually more likely to uh, only because we all the people who are working with us are now um what's the word approved i hate to use that but it's judgmental but they're approved for recording from their home studios okay and so those aren't going to go away you know the, the when we first started out we had actors from the washington area they're all working actors they were all you know stage people um and frequently they'd get called out of town and we'd have to deal with that. They might have to go do a show in Chicago or Philadelphia or even New York. And uh, we had to figure out a way to do that. I think the very first person that that might have happened with was Colleen Delaney, uh, whom you all know uh, from previous podcasts um, about the Carthurian Gambit. And she went to Chicago to do a show and found a studio there where she could record and get the the files shipped back to us to incorporate. So we never we never missed a, a deadline, thanks to her uh, diligence uh, as she was doing that show. So I but I think you know had this been a, you know a different circumstance uh, than the pandemic, we might have lost some people along the way who would have to go somewhere, but. Now that's not necessarily the case. There, you know, even personal conflicts uh, on schedules can be handled more easily because we're having people record from home, and it's it's working just fine. Fantastic. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Terrence, I know that you are a also a stage actor. 
Yes. And I know that Colleen is a is a stage actor as well. What yes. what percentage of, of your cast of characters uh, come from stage? Uh, quite a few. Um, we've we've got a lot of people who have have worked on stage in the Washington area and other places. And in some cases, that's how we discovered them, as it were. You know, we go see a show and you say, oh, there's a voice I could use. And so you get in touch and you go, would, you know, have you ever considered doing audiobooks? And it, that can, you know, that, that can work out. And it has in many cases, it also may not work out. And that's okay too. Uh, just because someone can take three weeks of rehearsal and uh, create a show out of it uh, with other actors does not necessarily mean they can sit in a booth and, and mm. get the same kind of effect. So we, we've worked with a lot of people, but I couldn't, I don't know if I can really give you a percentage. I'm not really uh, sure, but quite a number of our, our people. Now, also some of them have just been doing uh, audiobooks for other, other people. And uh, in fact, that's what, how we got Emily Beresford, isn't it? For Carthurian Gambit, because she'd been doing yes. the mm -hmm. single, single narrator version. So people come to us that way too. Well, let's let's spin this around a little bit and and talk specifically about a book. So about these about this series. So the, the David, book, David and David and Michael. So you you guys talked and came up with this concept for a series, but not just a series, an eight book series. Nine, nine, a nine book series. All right, apologies. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, I, I figured that was a, 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 a pop quiz of some sort to see whether or not we were on the ball listening you, to you. You passed. <laughs> You passed. But I'm curious, when, when you guys were first kicking around ideas for this, um, did where did the length of the series come into play versus the idea of the story? And, and how did it all come together? Because that's I know it's different for every collaboration. Go ahead, so let's, David. Let's go with David. <laughs> let's start with David here. Uh, you know, Michael's really good when you're sitting down to create a story just figuring out what the the author really wants to tell and that's kind of what he asked me was you know what story do you want to tell um and i really liked you know bethany ann was a hero that for lack of a better term kicked ass right and i like that type of hero i think roma de shane is another example and kind of the dark tower so we discussed an insurrection of someone rising up against a pretty powerful uh, force. And I think the first thing we decided was three books, right, Michael? We would do three. Um, we Well, we talked about, so some of this has to do with just the publishing side, which I bring as well, going and trying mm -hmm. to figure out what is it, what does it look like what we're going to do? Where's the big story? How do you break it off if nobody's reading it? Because David, certainly doesn't want to spend, you know, 18 months of his life writing and stuff on something that we could have stopped at three books, you know? So there's this, this that whole aspect of it and just bringing in uh, certain parts. And I, I think one thing I want to talk to a little bit, David, because, and I realize this doesn't, it's, it's a complete segue. Remember how much we had fun going on? He said, she said, and that type of stuff. Oh Remember yeah. The, yeah. 
So it's funny that Terrence uh, Asteroid here uh, supported this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you got to give got to give some background there. (laughs) Background on that one. Um, I'll give you a quick background, and then let I'll let Michael continue. But uh, the last name of Ford is a tricky one to say, and there are very few of us left. We're we're endangered species in the world. Um, But Ford, if you don't look at it carefully can be pronounced in a number of ways. Uh, a lot of people give me Asselford, uh, Ashford, and anything that anything in between. But when I finally got a piece of mail addressed to Terrence Asteroid, I considered changing my name. Um, and uh, I didn't, but it was, it was a thought. I thought I ought to do, you know, Terrence Asteroid. I told my son, who is now a, an aerospace engineer, he should become Robert Asteroid, because that would be totally appropriate for him. <laughs> So what happened, uh, this is before we started taping, David was off camera, right? He had, had stepped out to do something. And Steve was asking Terrence, how do you say your last name like he does to prepare all of this? And so I was going to give David grief as I know he's coming back. And and so as I see David, you can see behind him, there's a door going. He's in like a sunroom right now. And so I see David coming up. So I know that his ears are, are you know, he's his iPods and everything are in there. And so I get my last name is pronounced Anderley, Mr. Campbell. And it's Beers, Beers. <laughs> well, so Steve's going to know that I'm BSing. But Terrence, who has to do a production right after this one, does not. <laughs> And so David is like, wait, wait a minute, hold on. What is he saying? Because <laughs> I could have had Terrence introduce him as, we have David Beers and Michael Anderley here today. <laughs> so anyway, going back to all of this was, uh, I learned because I hate personally, when I see he said, she said inside of a story, it takes me out of the story. I hate it. David, on the other hand, is not that way. He actually prefers it, which I thought was very odd. And so you always hear these stories when collaborators get together that there might be a, a massive plot sequence or this character needs to do this or some world-ending discussion. No, no. David and I are bitching at he said and she said for like <laughs> days. <laughs> and then graphic audio completely doesn't even need it. So. I know, I know. <laughs> Yeah, we those things out. Michael, um, I had actually wanted to keep originally keep the series within our solar system, and Michael pushed back against that. And I think that really changed the entire scope of the series in a very, very positive way. Because um, now it's galaxy spanning with uh, basically stargates going from planet to planet. And I had originally just tried to keep it within our nine, eight or nine plans and include Pluto. But so that was a really eye-opening and positive thing for the whole series that I think allowed the nine books to be nine books instead of shorter. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's good. what he said. <laughs> and and no, so like David, it. when you're, or when the two of you are, are putting together the storyline for all of this, um, uh, do you have it kind of laid out book by book by book, or is it just sort of here's how we begin? We're, I know we're going to go through these various processes to get to the end, and this is the ending. So you, like you know the beginning, you know the ending, and it's, it's kind of book by book that you're – Michael like, pushes me to be more of a – he pushes me to be more of a planner than I naturally am. I'm sort of a plotter – or a pantser instead of a plotter. But what we did is we sat down, and we got – basically each three books has a different arc, right? So – we set up the first three was him running from the Commonwealth. Second three is him 
building his own force. And in the last three, um, spoiler alert, is him returning to the Commonwealth to see what happens, right? So that was kind of the, the three arc basis that we did there. Um, and then we would discuss details about, I won't go into them for spoiler alerts, but we discussed details with each of those arcs about what would happen at the end of each one and things of that nature. And then he, you know, Michael has been extremely successful. So he coaches me some on his thoughts with uh, cliffhangers. Um, I'm more of a fan of cliffhangers, but I recognize a lot of people hate cliffhangers. Uh, So kind of him coaching me through that. It's been pretty beneficial too. I, I, we can just keep going and asking David questions. I'm appreciating all of this fe- positive feedback here. It's helping my <laughs> ego tremendously. <laughs> you know, one of all the right. things uh, that I like, though, that I'll just drop is I love graphic narration and uh, graphic audio narration, multicast recordings. And I have to admit that um, the first time I was, it was mentioned to me that uh, graphic audio was possibly going to do Cathering Gambit, and then I'll, it got signed. I was elated. I was happier probably that day than I suspect I would be if someone had said I was going to get a movie deal. <laughs> Great. That's good to hear. Yeah, so I love it when you guys take take our books and do your the voodoo you do so well it is it is it is really amazing what you guys do and and we'll wrap up with a a a short story that that happened right before we started uh, recording today terrence asked if we if, if he could ask a few questions before we got started and it turned out that he had a couple of questions about sort of where the series was going and one of the questions was well there's this character in book two and I'm trying to figure out how to cast him, and I need to know how important he is going forward. And I just thought that was fascinating from a director's perspective, because you don't know when you're reading the script for, for book two um, how, that's, how that's going to evolve. And so, of course, that makes a big difference in terms of who you're going to cast. And so you and, you and the authors had a chance to talk it over. You got the answer, yeah. and now you probably have someone in mind for that part. But I, I thought that was fascinating. I personally feel very lucky that Terrence is in charge of this because just talking to him, he thinks through things in a way that I can't, I doubt Michael can. Um, and I, it just feels like it's in really good hands, Terrence. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And we've, I think we've all, all of us who are directing now have enough experience with series that, that we can kind of come up with questions uh, on, on episode one that are going to affect things down the road. Uh, I think that's one of the advantages of, of doing mostly series. We don't do too many one-offs anymore. We used to, but we don't anymore. And I think that's, it's good where there are continuing characters and sometimes continuing situations from, from one to the next. Uh, it, it has helped us to have that experience, but thank you very much for those kind words. I appreciate it. So Warlord Born right now is available. The graphic audio version is only available at the graphic audio website, and it will be that way for another probably two to three weeks. Does that sound about right, Terrence? I think that's about right, yes. And then it goes wide to wherever fine audiobooks are sold. But I will say... Exquisite. Exquisite and fine audiobooks. (laughs) I, I will say that the quality of the graphic audio files that you get and when you're listening to that to that app the quality is exponentially better the files are bigger they're they're richer 
Um, so it, that, it's, it's a reason to consider getting the graphic audio version instead of waiting for the Audible or the iTunes version. But however you like to listen to audio and consume your audio, you will love Warlord Born from Graphic Audio. I think you will. And if I may plug it, it's www.graphicaudio.net. No. Thank you very much. No, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, he did it already. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, I don't know whether to thank you or not. And David, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you all. We always thank thank Michael. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned because we will also share with you, Terrence is going to interview Michael and David. So we will share that with you and you'll be able to find links to that on uh, the LMBPN social media platforms when it's released through Graphic Audio. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening.